0: Good morning, and welcome back to CITR 101.9 FM. It's 11 a.m., and you're listening to The Real World. I'm your host, Alex, and we're broadcasting live today from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory. We're on the UBC campus in Vancouver, B.C. Real World is associated with UBC Film Society, one of the oldest clubs on campus. And, yeah, this show's just kind of a space for talking about film with friends. My my (laughs) buddy, Vex, is here today. Hello. Hi, Vex. Good morning. Morning. Um, Yeah. I don't think there's a ton of screenings happening this month for Film Society since um, EBC is going into exam season and all that fun stuff, but they are starting um, productions. So if you want to be involved in a student film through Film Society, um, I think they're going to start doing like the script workshop and casting workshops, things like that. Um, So if you're interested in that, check out our Facebook. All the event dates are up there. Um, If you have any questions, you can email us or just go on Facebook and message us. I think actually maybe that's easier. Um, Yeah, but welcome back. Last time we were here, we did Kamome Shokudo, which was fun and easy breezy peaceful healing time so healing before exams yeah and this is very different this is not a healing time <laughs> this is not a healing time <laughs> totally uncoincidentally i chose another movie set in japan well i guess it wasn't in japan actually but it was a japanese director mm-hmm. yada yada um for this week randomly chose to do earthquake bird by wash westmoreland um Honestly, I just saw it on Netflix. I was really sick this week, and just felt like, you know, watching a movie. That and the premise sounded good. It it did. You know, it has Alicia Vikander as mm-hmm. the main character. I was like, okay, I like her. I like what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was like the Netflix little blurb thing was something about being set in eighties Tokyo, and I was like, okay, I like that vibe. Murder mystery, psychological yeah. thriller. Love me a good thriller. Yeah um however (laughs) yeah uh we got some thoughts on that (laughs) it was it was an interesting movie for sure but i think there's a there's like complexity in the arguments we're about to make about it um and of course spoilers as usual we're gonna dive deep you probably won't want to watch it anyways (laughs) because it really wasn't that great but but you know regardless i'm glad we watched it and i don't feel like it was a waste of my time no and i don't feel
1: like it's a bad movie no, no, no. Yeah. No. We it,
0: we agreed that like the last 8 minutes are really riveting. That's the only so. saving grace there though. Like yeah. if you're one of those people that quits during movies, like you're not going to make it through. Make it through. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I ate like maybe a pound of Purdy's chocolate while watching this, so mm-hmm. it really obviously didn't have me totally captivated. <laughs> I, my hand was in the chocolate bag. Um but yeah, maybe we can go over some brief little plot stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what happened. Well,
1: it, we kind of just jump into her life. She's working at an office as a translator, right? Mm-hmm. Or she works at a translation company?
0: Yeah, in Tokyo. In so Tokyo, she So yeah. see her um, doing, like, subtitles for What I Learned Later is a Ridley Scott film. Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Lucy Flynn. She's originally from Sweden. She's been living in Japan for at least five years. Um, but we're kind of, as viewers... We know that she's been speaking Japanese for a long time. um, And that's like the language bit, I think, is a prominent feature in the film. Right. Um, So anyways, (laughs) when we... huh, We don't really learn that she's been living there for like five and a half years until...
1: Until later. The end. So it's really interesting where we just jump in and the police come to see her in
0: the office. Right. So the the film's got a really interesting timeline and it has kind of two coexisting timelines. Mm -hmm. um, Where in the present... the police come to her office and they're like uh your friend who is missing we think we might have found her body in the river so um Lucy's brought in for questioning and then the kind of secondary timeline to that is um the kind of budding romance that Lucy has with this local photographer Mm -hmm. and then when she first meets Lily and how their friendship forms and then I guess finally how things like culminate and end up where we are at mm-hmm. presently in the movie. Let we get little glimpses everything. of the
1: present and the mm-hmm. interrogation room with the police.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit tough, I think to explain the, the two timeline mm-hmm. thing. Um, but we'll do our best. We always do. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I wrote down like some questions and stuff. Um, just, like, things I picked up on during the film that I thought were interesting. I didn't get to do, like, a ton of research on the director, um, but he's the director of Colette with Keira Knightley, um, just Alice with Julianne Moore. So, a lot of very, like, psychological, yeah, psychological, strong female characters, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I guess I didn't See how these movies. I mean, how Earthquake Bird is similar to those two, though. So I was kind of surprised to see that he was a director. Mm. Not that I know anything about him, really. Um, he wrote and directed Earthquake Bird, based on a novel. Based on a
1: novel, yeah. And then Ridley Scott produced it, which is probably why the little Easter egg. I think of so. Her doing the, the translation. The Ridley Scott yeah. film translation,
0: yeah. Um, well, so m- yeah, where do we want to start? I was almost I thinking th- maybe the romance. Yeah, since that's kind of like or should we just start with Lucy as the character?
1: Either one. I think we should also touch on Lily because Lily has this weird uh kind of energy and Yeah, but presence. I think she comes in
0: like a little bit later, you know? Like yeah. she brings up like the climax of the film, but mm. but all the build up, if you can even call it build up, like this is a really slow film and considering that it is like a murder mystery, it kind of just that's a lot is the same. Yeah. And so Lucy as a character, um, we were just saying that we read some review, really negative review, about how Lucy's under eye dark under eye circles say more about her than her, her dialogue or anything. Um which is funny, but actually really true. Mm-hmm. She's super robotic and like does not emote at all. Yeah. I couldn't even tell like if it was super good acting, like if that's really who the character was supposed to be or if there's something lost and like when you're acting in another language that's not your own, how does that translate to, you know, what you're projecting mm-hmm. and, and how, you know, your character you is act, manifesting? Yeah. Exactly. Since a lot of Alicia Vikander's scenes are in Japanese. Um, yeah, I don't know if how that affected her, her acting or mm-hmm. is she really like sticking to the story?
1: Yeah, I think even her her room, like her home, there's no aspect of like personality or like her lifestyle
2: mm-hmm.
1: in it at all. She's a goldfish. That's it. But we can, can we don't know anything about her, so she's equally as mysterious as this guy that she meets, the photographer on the street, mm-hmm. um, Teji, who just starts taking pictures of her as she's walking by and she kind of turns around and she's like, what, what are you doing? And a conversation starts. It's very kind of banter-esque. Um, and then they go to where he
0: works. Yeah, he works at a soba
1: shop. Yeah, and they get some soba and don't really talk too much, but there's tension. Like, that's something that was very clear, right? Not We don't understand her, we don't understand him, but the feelings between them was very yeah. well communicated. I
0: think, honestly, in their first kind of big dialogue when they're at the soba place was when I was already getting sick of the movie. Like, they're they're eating soba, and he's just like, you, you should, like, people waste so much time in their lives saying things that they don't mean. I hate small talk, blah, blah, blah. Like, you should be able to just say what you want. Tell so me. So tell me. Yeah. And then she's just like, oh, the soba's too salty. The soup yeah, is too was hot. Like- and, like, I'm attracted to you, but I feel like I should just leave. But, like, all of it just felt really contrived and... I don't, I don't know. When I was watching it, something didn't feel about natural. it, yeah, felt very almost like high school, yeah, or like you're watching one of those like really bad rom coms mm-hmm. where like they start out as like enemies and then like end up becoming lovers or something, like just some, some weird scenario like that, you know? Yeah, it just all of it felt super rehearsed and that line, they're killed both me. weird. <laughs> well, that
1: yeah, and I think that's we were supposed to get like little red flags there, being like. Ooh, this is odd but maybe they found you know their odd pairing and this that's is, what i tried you know, to remind
0: myself i was like okay maybe they're like just maybe a really good fit they right think similarly they see themselves as kind of outsiders but after that vibe.
1: conversation we never are shown another really deep deep air quotes conversation between them no
0: and so suddenly
1: like every once in a while we'll like she'll drop a fact about Teji that she learned and I'm like well when did she learn that we've been with her the whole time (laughs) you know obviously time Mm -hmm. is passing but it felt like they were still strangers throughout the film but that I don't know yeah they're very distanced yeah Um,
0: so anyways when she first goes to Teji's home it's not really an apartment he lives in like some weird she said it's Industrial beautiful, tower. and they like <laughs> open
1: a gate and climb up these like creaky stairs, and his doors at the very top, and there's pictures of people and places all over the walls, and
0: like if there were to be a serial killer living somewhere, yeah, this that's would where be it would be.
1: And she walks in, I laughed. She goes, "It's beautiful," and I remember being like, "What? And oh, where?" Yeah, I
0: think it just plays into their whole like both of them are these like weird, dark, moody. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just so distinct Death from the universe yeah like tragedy follows me yeah like, i shouldn't laugh I because they both have really sad lives obviously, and, <laughs> and stories that we learn later there's a lot of trauma there um mm-hmm. but anyways so every time lucy's shown in the in teji's apartment he's taking pictures of her um and we see that more than anything more mm-hmm. than them talking more than Completely them silent. getting to know each other just the and then there's this the one part where um Teji's taking photos of her and then he goes to, like, change the film or something. And she, like, takes her shirt off. Because a girl at her work asked, like, how their,
1: like, relationship's going intimately or, like, Mm -hmm. where it's headed. And she was like, nothing's happened. Yeah. So she's
0: trying to make something happen, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Um, And she is attracted to him. Like, that's not contested at all. Yeah. But... Anyway, so she does that, and he's he just says, I didn't ask you to do that. And then turns away. Yeah, and, like, doesn't look at her until she puts her clothes back on, and that's just, like, all awkward and whatever. I was, oof, I was really not happy with that. I didn't like that either.
1: And she also responded to her friend when she was talking about intimacy. She said, it's not my choice. It's not my decision. Yeah. And that was really interesting to me where, like, she said that, and I I didn't like that at mm-hmm. all. And then she tried to make something happen because she was attracted to him. And he just completely shut shut her down. And yeah, she has like
0: no agency. No agency within the relationship, which
1: is odd because we see that Westmoreland he he has strong female characters mm-hmm. in this. I'm like I don't know
0: if I see her I don't that feel way strength
1: from her. No, until later. Yeah, maybe.
0: I guess so um so yeah their relationship is incredibly dull it's like watching paint dry (laughs) but and and we are just realizing more and more these kind of red flags and that things are really weird between them and whatever it's not cute i'll say that much Mm -hmm. um so then at some point oh lily who is a woman from the states Has just moved to Japan. So like a mutual friend connects them. Mm -hmm. Um, Lily doesn't know any Japanese. She kind of just like picked up and moved there. We don't even really know why. She Mm -hmm. just like wanted change or something. Um, And she's really portrayed to be kind of like the opposite to Lucy. I think, you know, I think even their names, Lily, Lucy, Mm -hmm. like that play there. Um, But Lily is super outgoing, doesn't really care what people think it seems like very unfiltered she doesn't want to assimilate with
1: the culture at all no as lucy has tried her best to really she's been there for five years to really Mm. just you know make it home
0: yeah and we do see lily later like learning japanese Mm -hmm. and like learning how to order and things like that so it's not necessarily for a lack of effort but the things that she says about japanese the
1: language made me question her because mm-hmm. she would say things they'd be ordering and she'd be like oh my god I can't believe she understood that or like I can't believe you speak this like it was just like some strange you know crazy language and she can't even I don't know begin to understand it which yeah. I guess yes but the way that she said it was felt very distant and foreign
0: I think it's intentional though to like yeah. pose her against Lucy Lucy definitely who, and like honestly the the beginning whatever, five, ten minutes of credits in the opening scenes is just Lucy commuting on the train and kind of blending in with all of the, like, Japanese people on the train. Everyone's Mm -hmm. wearing business clothes. No one's wearing bright colors or anything. And she's just kind of one in the crowd, you know. She is very much on the same schedule and culturally, you know, kind of adapted. Um, So Lily is like this I don't know. I don't know if a foil is the right word, but she's just, I think, portrayed to be a little over the top just to counterbalance who Lucy is. Um, And I think we – that also makes us as viewers, like, feel a little bit annoyed with Lily in the same way that Lucy's annoyed. Mm -hmm. Like, when they meet, Lucy tells the mutual friend who introduced them, like, oh, I don't want to get stuck with her. Like, she's helpless she doesn't know anything like i don't even know why she's here Mm -hmm. and all this stuff so we're kind of like oh yeah Yeah, Lily's a burden i don't want to deal with that yeah um we watch their friendship progress i think a little bit they like they kind of do become friends like we hear lucy say like yeah we're getting closer or something Mm -hmm. along the lines of that like lily makes lucy laugh which we don't see from anyone else really Mm -hmm. she never smiles She barely smiles. Like,
1: yeah. I think the the only time she
0: smiles was maybe like once or twice with Teiji. And then, like, quite a few times, I think, with Lily. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so Lily is brought in as this kind of like, I don't know, counter to Lucy, I guess. Um, Then she's also kind of enters this like love triangle between her, Lucy, Lily, and Teiji. I was thinking about that scene when they all go to the club and Teiji and Lily are, like, dancing. That
1: scene was iconic. Actually, that was my favorite scene. Really? That, I loved that. It reminded me of um, Pulp Fiction, like, the dancing mm. scene it's a there. It's great dance And it's just weird. Like, the way that they dance is not natural. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost, like, thriller-esque. Like, Teiji has his hands up at one point, like, kind of clawing in the air. His, like, hair sweaty and it's also
0: like the 80s right right 80s but it just
1: like even so like the people around them are not dancing how they're dancing it's very coordinated very coordinated they're kind of like shimmying back and forth um and very just like the eye contact is really intense but it did it made me uncomfortable because it didn't seem like they were having fun it seemed almost like predatory but i didn't know who was the predator like i didn't mm-hmm. know who was coming on to who or like what was going on and in that part we see when lucy goes to lucy, dance with them i actually laughed I, yeah lucy sees that happen and it's like she watches it for a bit we watch it with her mm-hmm. and then she she's like oh i'm gonna break this up or join them so she kind of dances not walks, slash raises her arms in the air and then walks in the middle of
0: them and then Kind of just, she just. She's so awkward. So it was awkward. so awkward to watch. And it wasn't even necessarily relatable either. No. I was like, oh, maybe I've felt jealous before, but I was like, this no. is just weird. No. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, so then they're leaving the club and um Lucy says something to Teiji like, oh, like it looked like you and Lily like, we're, were having up. fun. Yeah. And Teiji's straight up like, <laughs> were you jealous? And she was like no not at all mm-hmm. and he's like well you should be because you're my I girlfriend." i wanted you to be yeah and then this of course makes lucy smile for some reason and we're, we're left like wait words. that's not a good thing yeah like that was a, such a weird interaction but like provides her some security in hearing like the word the word girlfriend or right that being validated but also like your emotions just got totally and manipulated it like sets the tone for the rest of the
1: love triangle of mm-hmm. like it being based on jealousy and like them trying to show each other up or like Lily's kind of this middleman that they're playing tug of war with a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's very strange. Um honestly, I feel like Lucy's own personal story and her traumas from childhood and all of that are like I don't way more interesting than the love triangle, but the love Some triangle would. is what is like focused on more so than the murder mystery aspect, more so than Lucy's story, mm-hmm. all of that, which I think what gives the movie kind of like leaving a bad taste in your mouth, it doesn't feel balanced. Mm-mm. The The emphasis that's put on kind of each of these aspects of the story as a whole is skewed and kind of not prioritized I think well. it's meant to keep each character mysterious, but but it just it leaves us work. knowing nothing. It, like yeah. the whole thing feels vague and muddled. Mm-hmm. And-, and
1: then when we do find out something, you're like, whoa that you know Lucy's story I, I was surprised and it was you know very impactful mm-hmm. to hear her story but I couldn't really let myself dive deep or relate to it because we didn't know it throughout the whole film
0: right yeah and then by the time we do find out we're not given we're like, any okay. time and space to like process it or explore it further yeah it's just like boom yeah there we go Um, We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back to dive deeper into Earthquake Bird, as deep as we can go. (laughs) But I think there's still a lot more to be said. Um, Yeah, we'll be back. I'm going to start us off with Pines by Men I Trust, and then we'll play Maybe in the Summer by Sassy009. We'll be back soon.
3: A modern adaptation of A Christmas Carol celebrates the downtown Eastside community in its 10th annual and final season. It's the perfect family holiday treat, filled with rock, blues, and Christmas carols. Plus, enjoy live music from a youth choir. Opens December 5th at SFU Woodwards, located at 149 West Hastings Street. For tickets and details, visit sfuwoodwards.ca.
2: You're listening to
0: CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the
2: Honkaminem-speaking Musqueam people.
0: c-i-t-r 101.9 f-m um yeah i'm your host alex and my friend bex is here with me today hello we've been talking about earthquake bird um on netflix which was a random random movie choice for this week i'm a little sick so just felt like wasting my time um no it's it wasn't a waste of time
1: it's not a waste of
0: time if if you've missed so far we're just kind of talking about why it's bad (laughs) <laughs> no Not bad. I'm being I'm being too mean. There's just certain aspects of it that are uh right. well just w- weird weird, w- weird choices. what w- Wes? What wash, wash Wash Wes the, Merlin.
1: The director chose to write the characters the way he did and direct them the mm-hmm. way he did and why the story is quite slow throughout the entire movie until those last eight minutes. Yeah.
0: Um we're gonna dive into some more interesting stuff. Um, I thought it'd be good to talk about uh, more of Lucy's backstory and her kind of, like, underlying trauma that's playing out throughout. Um, So we get these, like, little tidbits of her childhood. There's always, like, the glimpse of this tree um, that keeps coming up. And we're like, okay, cool. I don't know what that means. Um, And then one of her friends, who's, like, this elderly woman in this string quartet that Lucy plays in, She slips on the stairs and falls down the stairs and dies, which was like right when Lucy's going to greet her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess that that's where we first kind of see that side of Lucy like she just shuts down, she doesn't even go down to help her, she doesn't cry or anything, like her everything's just turned off. Mm -hmm. Um, and we are more kind of understanding what she says when she tells Teiji, like, oh, death follows me. Um, there's always like tragedies in my life, things like that. Um, so even though this was an accident, like the way that Lucy reacts and the way she talks about her life started making me think that it was her fault for some reason. Right.
1: And then we didn't know why she moved to Japan. And I was like, did something happen five years ago and she escaped it? Yeah. Um, we do see, like, a little bit of sadness, and mm-hmm. then she's after um, the woman that that fell down the stairs. Yeah. She goes in the bathroom and is, like, sweating and kind of heaving, but that's it.
0: Oh, yeah, um, true. I forgot about that But part. not
1: tears or – I mean, mm-hmm. everyone grieves in their own way, but, like, it was really interesting in how she handled it. And then knowing that death follows her and what she said, we're like, okay <laughs> – someone's gonna die yeah any person that approached her i was like are they, are they are they gonna die
0: yeah um and i guess because like the movie starts with the police questioning her about the disappearance of lily like it's planted in our heads we know lily's probably gonna die right or at the very least she goes missing something mm-hmm. happens to her we know that pretty early on um which i feel like was a good i think that was a choice.
1: good move yeah, yeah i think we're like when is it gonna happen what's gonna happen who's mm-hmm. who's going to kill who
0: or how it does she yeah it puts us in that kind of murder mystery mm-hmm. train of thinking it's just the rest of the film doesn't follow the same kind of format Not I think. at all like it it's off to a good start and then it kind of do we
1: can we touch on off. um why she feels that way that death follows her
0: oh yeah 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 um like with her childhood and her, stuff her brother yeah so she tells a story this comes at the very near the end and yeah. she tells it to a cop who's <laughs> questioning her and I'm like Friend, you need to go to therapist or something. <laughs> I know. Um, but she tells a story about her. She has six brothers, and she was just, like, reading in a tree when she was younger. I don't know. She must have been, like, That tree that very we keep young. Yeah. So yeah. now we finally learn what the tree is. And they come back from some Boy Scouts trip, and they're all, sh- like, throwing these rocks and pine cones at her. Um, and she sees her brother Marcus pick up, like, a really sharp rock, and he's about to throw it at her. And so she jumps out of the tree on top of him. He falls backwards onto a plank of wood that has an exposed nail, which impales the back of his head, and he and tries to get, get up. up. And he's looking at her the whole time. Yeah, she's like on top of him because she jumped down to yeah. stop him from throwing it at her. So she, in essence, watches her brother die. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stares back at her. Yeah. yeah. So pretty, pretty gruesome thought. And but we don't she's learn that until the end, which I
1: don't know if that was a
0: great... I don't wise, know. I don't know either. I think they could have shown more of that throughout, just, just but gloom- like having it all bit. just like pile out at the end. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well now I get why she acts the way she does and why she feels death follows, follows mm-hmm. her. And yeah. So she, after that, she says that she was silent for three years as a child. And then when she was 11, she started learning Japanese and that was going to be like her way out, like her escape. Um, she just talks about, like, how her parents didn't say that they blamed her, but she felt that they blamed her. Mm-hmm. And just all of this very much, like, self-imposed guilt that um, she's feeling about <laughs> her brother's death, which I think is, like, reasonable and and warranted in that circumstance. But, like, she was a child. She had no idea what was happening or anything. Um, so... But I feel like other people died in her life, too. Like, it can't have just been her brother. It was, like, her parents or something? Eh, There was other people. She, like, listed them out. She did, but it
1: was her brother and the woman on the steps.
0: I felt like it was someone else, but maybe I don't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, anyways, so, like, the woman in her string quartet who dies on the steps just kind of brings all of that back forward, I think. And it's also one of her... One of the things that ties her and Teiji together, I think, he talks about how his aunt, who raised him, died, and he had photos of her, like in her open casket thing at the funeral, which were like creepy. But mm-hmm. um, now we
1: think it's creepy. Yeah. At, that at the moment, time, I was, I was like, oh, like, oh, kind of
0: beautiful, sentimental, and then that's why he ended up moving to Tokyo. So they find this weird common thread where they just live with the death around them. Yeah, and I think we're we accept that as like oh that makes sense why they are the way they are and why they find some interest in each other Mm -hmm. you know there's something that comfort some bond yeah of comfort um but yeah so i don't know if we want to just go like straight to the ending or is there anything else we want to i mean all that the
1: in-between stuff (laughs) isn't much there's not much dialogue um we learned that lily worked as a nurse Uh, a hospital in dc Mm -hmm. um and i think at that moment lucy gains a little bit more respect for her yeah we see it that's that's actually one moment that lucy shows something on her face she's Mm -hmm. like oh you did that Um, because lucy had twisted her ankle and lily
0: came to help her um and they go to the island they go on a trip KG, lucy and lily all go to this they go to sado island right trip and Lucy just feels third wheeled the whole time and she invited
1: Lily and then Taji as well mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like her her party and then she was not included
0: yeah and that that part was interesting too like Lucy gets this weird rash and like she's just comes off as like really paranoid the entire time Mm -hmm. but i i know for sure if i was in that situation like i would probably feel upset also but
1: no one says anything and they don't talk about anything
0: no no there's no communication communication at all and like they act like she's kind of crazy i guess but then you know teiji takes her aside and they go to that temple Mm -hmm. and he's like this is a place of healing whatever i kind of like almost liked him again yeah know? i did too i was like okay wow he understands that like she wants time with the two of them she wants to be reassured but it's, that he cares it's
1: very telling of like how he felt about each of them he brings one they continue and go to lily and him continue and go to a gold mine which is like underground really dingy and dark and then when he goes with Lucy, he brings her to this lovely temple where there's trees growing and she says something about like the earth is taking it back Mm -hmm. because it's kind of blending in with the roots and the trees and it's above ground. And just like that setting already made me feel like he felt stronger about Lucy than he did for Lily.
0: Right. And all of this, like I honestly don't even know what purpose it serves except to possibly position Lucy as Lily's killer. Mm hmm. Um, which we're kind of assuming that Lily's dead at this point because the police have said that some woman's body part was found in the water.
1: And and by this point during their trip, we've heard Lucy confess to killing Lily.
0: Not not in this timeline of the trip, but in right. the present timeline. Right. Right. present talking to the police with the police, and that threw me off as well. Oh, yeah. Oh God, the whole timing of this thing is like painful to talk yeah. about. Yeah. It's just really rough. <laughs> it's really rough. Um, but yeah, we're kind of just mystified why Lucy would admit to the murder if there even was a murder. Right. There's Um, one note I wanted to
1: say about their trip. Uh, they have three beds next to each other and, uh, Lily chooses the middle one. I hated that. And Lucy goes, (laughs) I did too. Lucy goes, oh, that's, that's my bed. And Lily goes, oh, I I like the color. And she just sits. She's like, so I'm going to... sleep here and TJ can sleep on this side of me and you can sleep on this side of me and it was such a weird moment of like actually physically position positioning herself in between mm-hmm. them uh but no one talks about it and nothing is said yeah I'm like just the way that it all it.
0: happened no one no one would ever do that no, no friend would do no. that in Not real life like it was insane I didn't make no sense um I feel like I don't even want to talk about the rest of it except for the ending. Yeah, I think we should just go to the ending. Yeah. Anyways, final wrap up is that Teiji actually killed Lily and like photographed the whole thing, which was crazy. Right. Which Um, Lucy
1: had suspected he's hiding something, mm -hmm. but she didn't know what. She didn't think he was like that. So there's one drawer in his studio that is locked and she breaks into it earlier in the film and sees photos of a woman. Ends up being his ex-girlfriend. Not a concern. Um, but there's these blue folders and those blue folders are always the, the rest are manila and the others are blue and they say dates. And then those blue ones are just of people, of women.
0: Yeah, that was
1: scary. So it's just like the organization is like a little questionable. Uh, right. But then later on, we see her discover other pictures. And that's how she learns that mm-hmm. Teji killed Lily.
0: Yeah. And so we see her take these photos to the police stations. So we're like, oh, wow, she's like actually going to turn them in. She's, like, kind of thinking rationally for once. Um, but the detective that she wants to talk to isn't there. So she goes home. Teji's waiting for her there. He's crying. He's like, let's get out of here. Weird. Like, we can start a new life somewhere else. He, His hometown he wanted to take mm-hmm. her to. But
1: the conversation got there based on him saying where he dumps the bodies. And they're either in the south or the north, sometimes in his hometown. And she goes, oh, I've always wanted to go there. And he says... We'll go. Let's go now. Let's go tomorrow morning. And I just found that the, the way that the conversation got there is is silly because he's talking about where. Oh, he's I didn't know that he was, he was talking about the, yeah. the
0: bodies. I did not catch that. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh Lucy's like, no, it's over. And then Teju freaks out, attacks her. Tries to She her. grabs a fish bowl behind her head and throws it at his head, and a huge piece of glass gets lodged in his head, and he dies. Yep. Very similarly to how her brother died. Yeah. Like something sharp being put in the head. And then her brother tried to pull the nail out by standing up and Taji pulled the Teji glass out. does the out. same thing. Yeah. So he just dies right there. Um, which I think, honestly, at this point, we're all just relieved, you know, yeah. that he's out of her life. There's
1: one moment where you're like, is she actually going to run away with the psychopath?
0: Yeah. I, I definitely consider yeah. that it might happen. Um, but yeah, in the end, uh, we see... Lucy talking with um, another one of the friends from the string quartet. So there was some friends, and then one was the old woman who fell down the stairs and died, and the other is her, f- like, friend who's part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lucy is talking to her just about how she feels about death following her and how things are her fault and how what happened to Lily is her fault. Mm-hmm. If, she'd, if she had been nicer to Lily, if she took listened in. to her and took her in, she wouldn't have been killed by... Teiji, um, and how even, like, Yamamoto-san, who's the old woman who fell, how her death is Lily's, I mean, Lucy's fault somehow, even though she just slipped, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we hear that her friend say, like, oh, I I just had the floors waxed, you know, a couple days before Yamamoto-san came to the house. I only do this once every, like, two years or something, and I totally forgot to warn her on the phone that day. She said she
1: wore really soft socks and the floor was especially slippery mm-hmm. it was a really honestly beautiful that was the best mm-hmm. in the whole movie well and that me. woman had been trying to convince lucy that she, lucy didn't kill lily and then when lucy was like but you know i did in a way and so then she was like wait and reflecting on that situation and being like did i kill her mm-hmm.
0: um so there's always ways you can tell the story to make it feel like it's your fault in some way you can be connected to anything and you're you know quote accountable in the way that Lucy is feeling that she's responsible for all these things right. happening in her life. I think so it's an- in the end like they hold hands when her mm-hmm. friend says that they're, crying. they're both crying that's the most emotional we see Lucy With I think anyone in the entire film. <laughs> yeah and then for Lucy it's she understands that she's not alone in feeling that mm-hmm. like other people feel that way she's not this like cursed bad luck charm just stumbling through life like accidents happen
1: I think it's also a way of like rationalizing death that because it's something that you can't really control mm-hmm. and by thinking about like somehow you might have had a hand in it there's there's a little semblance of control in there but yeah it's but it, it we both said that we felt really emotional at that point mm-hmm. um, the first time throughout the whole film <laughs> and i think it's because like everyone has felt that way in some sense yeah
0: um through right. a death or mm-hmm.
1: through an experience where you feel like somehow it's indirectly your fault
0: yeah hurting someone mm-hmm. or something like that you feel responsibility or something like that and i think that moment it was so just free of all of the like love triangle plot all of the weird murder mystery mm-hmm. plot it was just about human human yeah yeah. nature lucy's story everything she'd felt in her life thus far not being really confronted until that moment so i think there is a lot of kind of like catharsis found there and a Mm -hmm. lot of resolution um for her for her friend and just this joint acknowledgement that that you don't have control and you can't place that burden on yourself to be accountable for everything to mm. to go through your life thinking that that everything is your fault. That was I don't know, to me that was really beautiful. Like it if, was that, beautiful if that if that is the essence of the movie. Right. I wish that it had come forward sooner or like it was communicated throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think it is like a really good underlying kind of theme or message or whatever mm-hmm. that that I haven't seen a lot of other films delve into. I think that's kind of a a rare topic maybe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like awkward, you know, and weird and yeah, that kind of thing. And it's, it's hard to talk well, about like death in that way. And I feel
1: like it's never shown as a conversation. Like this was almost a conversation mm-hmm. of them validating how each other feels.
0: Right. And even those, um, like her friend who had the floors waxed and things like that. Like, I doubt she had told anybody that until telling Lucy, mm-hmm. you know, it's like those very, very dark hidden thoughts. That we're keeping inside about how, how we think we had a, a role to play in this thing. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it's said out loud for the both of them, you know, they realize how not like silly is not the right word, but just how futile it is to. To think that 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 was like the one cause, you know, that that made everything right. happen because it's not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know. That was like a. I think it goes for a lot of stuff that we talk <laughs> about at
1: home. Like, we'll talk about our feelings and being able to say it helps me understand that, you know, you felt it before um, or that I'm not crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or you're like, yeah, verbalizing something kind of makes you understand that in your head, like, it can spiral into this very real thing where it feels like, you know, these people are after you or you did this or whatever. But as soon as it's out in the open or, like, another person hears it and can validate that, like, yeah, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. Um, or I felt this way before and I understand you. Yeah. So I think if, if the movie could have explored that idea more, mm-hmm. like it would have been so much more meaningful and impactful. Um,
1: yeah. If you uh, don't want to watch the movie, watch the, you know, last eight minutes. You'll get the full summary.
0: Yeah. Honestly, even if I watched, like, the last ten minutes, ten I probably minutes. would still be emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I would be. But um, yeah, that was
1: earthquake, earthquake bird, bird, which is the sound that the birds make after an earthquake, right?
0: Yeah, which we, honestly, I have nothing to say about how that ties into the, the, the whole not movie. Not at all.
1: Weird, no. I can't draw a single connection. Like maybe her speaking up finally and finding her voice about the being blamed about deaths and speaking to
0: the police about Teji and Lily. She's yeah. the earthquake bird. Or that like something very beautiful can come from like some very destructive, destructive force. yeah. And it's a force of nature. You know, nobody plays a part in it. It's nobody's fault.
1: And it's constantly changing and like, yeah, this is, this is like film 100 me coming out and it's being like, really
0: just drawing at
1: anything I'm possibly I, I And I feel like that's almost what the director was doing.
0: <laughs> he was like, well, this can symbolize earthquake this. Earthquake bird. We're going to name it earthquake bird. <laughs> well, that was the name of the novel, right? I think. Yeah. So, I think so like maybe in the book, it's more well explained and those connections are made. But I've, in yes. the film, I, his interpretation is, Emma uh, a little it's questionable. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know what the next show will be about. The schedule's going to be a bit wonky as the holidays come in. But you will hear from us at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, happy exam season to any students. Good yeah. luck. Take care of yourself. Do what yeah. you got to do. And uh, happy holidays to everybody else. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy December. It's crazy. We're already. <laughs> it's already December. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We're going to close out with some music Good we've gems. got um tops coming up and uh emily yasina and uh yeah we'll see you soon thanks bye it's
2: all-
3: At CITR and Discorder, right? What? Yeah, you can get a show or help with live broadcasts and interview people at shows around the city and make ads and PSAs that play during the shows. Wow. Yeah, just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I will! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A, humbug. a modern adaptation of A Christmas Carol celebrates the downtown Eastside community in its 10th annual and final season. It's the perfect family holiday treat, filled with rock, blues, and Christmas carols. Plus, enjoy live music from a youth choir. Opens December 5th at SFU Woodwards, located at 149 West Hastings Street. For tickets and details, visit sfuwoodwards.ca.
2: You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey
0: campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory
2: of the Honkameenem-speaking Musqueam people.
3: Oh my gosh, Lauren, I have always wanted to be on the radio. Christy, you know you can do that at CITR and Discord it, right? What?!